0: Hello, welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm your host, Nikki Eisenhower, life coach and psychotherapist. And on today's episode, I am discussing the importance of mental health on a physical health journey with our soul care coach, Crystal Catalina. Hello, y'all. I hope you are well. I love this episode. I'm happy to share it with you. Crystal's coaching style really comes out as we talk about mental health on the physical health journey. She shares a lot of wisdom. We talk about progress and not perfection, presence, the importance of environment. You can come hang out with both of us in a bonus live stream on Patreon Wednesday august 24th at 5 p.m mountain time you can come submit a question on food is mood i hope y'all enjoy getting to know crystal even more have fun hanging out with us with this episode light and love and on to the show hello it's nice to see you i'm glad we're doing this again Me too. I'm super excited. Thank you for having me again. You are welcome. Well, this is my newest coach, Crystal Catalina, and she is with me today to talk about the importance of mental health on a physical health journey. And this is a big time topic for highly sensitive people, especially for Americans. I know in my own development, it was wild to me to consider that my body had anything to do with my mental health. I I think we grow up really thinking that they're very, very separate.
2: Yes. I think it's really common to believe that health is more just action-based, whereas it's important to understand that health really is a mindset. It's mindset first before it's actions.
0: So talk a little bit about What is the mindset that we need? Like when we're starting on a physical health journey, what are the mindsets that get in the way? Mm, The
2: mindsets that really get in the way are a mindset of rigidity, a mindset that's fear based of, you know, and I think we get, we can get caught up in that trap often of, oh, I've tried so many things before. Is this even going to work this time? am I just going to fail again?
0: So kind of defeatist, we can, we can try so much for so long and be in the constant struggle of it.
2: Absolutely. And you know, there's, there's so much conflicting information out there already. We are not really set up for success in general as society.
0: Well, we don't get any nutrition education. We really don't at all. Even (laughs) therapists, like we both have master's degrees in mental health fields and nutrition is, was it mentioned in your career in, in your schooling? You know, I
2: think I took it as an elective, but I think that was way back when I was in school for nursing. (laughs) So I don't think that was in my curriculum for mental health. No, which is just, I mean, this is a whole nother topic, but like the goal, the gut is our second brain. So why are we not talking about that? Food is mood.
0: Food is definitely mood. I am right now in the process of moving and I typically eat very, very clean, very high protein. I know what works for my body at this point. I know what doesn't, but in the discombobulation of moving, I'm kind of off my off my regularity and God, it's hitting me in energy levels. It's hitting yes. me and making me just kind of emotionally a little sluggish. It makes me less productive. It makes me have trouble falling asleep and staying asleep. When you really start to understand how what you're putting into your mouth affects every other moment of your life, it starts to become a really big piece. So you said rigidity. Mm -hmm. A lot of the people that listen to emotional badass are struggling because they come from dysfunctional childhoods they're highly sensitive people. When we're healing those things, we tend to have a lot of rigidity. We're trying to control our environments. We're trying to control what's around us because we feel so emotionally dysregulated and out of control internally. So how do you get from a rigidity to more of a flow, especially if you've tried a whole lot to get food or nutrition or weight kind of managed over the years and felt like you failed time and time and time again where would you start
2: sure so i think it's important to understand there's a difference between discipline self discipline in your actions versus rigidity in your mindset where this it's important to come at it from a perspective of almost like a child or like uh, when you were going to school and you were in the science fair and you're like, you know, trying to pick out your science experiment. What am I going to do? What am I going to test out? And just coming at it from the perspective of understanding that everybody's different and there is no one path to wellness. And so coming at it from this. Let me try this kind of attitude. Let's see how my body responds to this. Now it's gonna require some self-discipline in consistency in order to know whether or not something's working for your body or not. But there's a difference in I have to do these things and da-da-da, you know, like feeling like a rigidity in your mindset versus a float. Let's just see how this goes. Mm. And after two weeks, we can reassess.
0: So I'm hearing starting a physical journey with a beginner's mind, mm. intentionally letting go and clearing out of everything that we've tried before that didn't work or was too limiting or made us binge because it was too much of a pendulum swing of restriction. And then you, you binge, you overdo it. So, really, sort of shedding all that previous experience to be able to meet yourself in this moment of, I'm going to start this journey with a fresh beginner's mind yeah. so that I can experiment. That's what I'm hearing you say too. The that instead of, this of is the right thing and I must do it, it's more like, let me experiment and try some things out and see what those effects are on my body. And then we can go from there and decide whether we continue or change course.
2: Totally. And with a spirit of self-compassion, understanding that progress, not perfection is the name of the game. So if we have a cookie or we have something that we know isn't the best for us, it doesn't mean, oh, all my progress is derailed and I'm starting back at ground zero. No, you're not. You had a cookie, okay? And like, the the power is in the present moment, in the now, and the now, and five minutes from now, in the now. What are what is your choice going to be right now? The power is in the now.
0: So that's a letting go moment to moment. That's that's having to let go of yesterday, maybe of this morning, (laughs) and and really meeting yourself in the present moment. That presence practice. So I find that a lot. Of sensitive people don't understand the difference between what I would call loving firmness. I think you're calling like a positive discipline act because I think we have such a dysfunctional rapport, if you will, with our critical voice that I, that I think people really struggle to find the nuance of how to be lovingly firm instead of Critical and down on yourself and shaming for that cookie or that donut? Oh, yes.
2: Yes. It's a process of being compassionate with yourself without fooling yourself into allowing yourself to like convince yourself that, oh, well, it's okay if I have a cookie every day, you know? But you know what? If you were having five cookies a day before, if you only have four cookies a day now this week, we're making progress. So let's not shame ourselves for the four cookies. Let's applaud ourselves for having one cookie less.
0: So the critical voice really doesn't know how to do that. It expects that perfectionism of zero cookies always. So you're really talking about allowing and leaning into incremental process, uh, progress, incremental progress as the process.
2: Yes. And that really is the piece of falling in love with the process and who you are becoming falling in love with the process. The process is the progress. The progress is not perfectionism because that's an all or nothing mindset, which is very rigid.
0: It's also the problem with how almost every way I've ever seen of losing weight or getting fit and healthy, it's so goal oriented. And we're taught that goals are good and we should have the goals. And so it's about the destination. And so we really don't know, I think, especially as an American culture, how to meet ourselves in that journey and Mm. celebrate day in and day out so that we can continue to walk the path towards those goals without being so goal oriented. Yes, the goals the goals are super important because
2: we want to be able to drop into where we're headed, where we're going, who we're becoming. Um but the goals can really be feeling based over Actual physicality, you know, physical physique based. How do you want to feel in the future? How do you want other people to be interacting with you in the future? How do you want to be moving about in the world? What is your future self? How does your future self walk into a room? How does your future self look in the mirror? What is your future self wearing? How do they feel with confidence? You know, so it's about the goals. Don't
0: have to be,
2: you know. Oh, I weigh this much. The scale says this. You right, know, like these have-
0: external tangibles. Like it's, it, yeah, yeah. Of course, we want that. Of co- of course, we're gonna have that in our consciousness if that's where we're going towards. Like, I, so you have me thinking a lot about, like I said, I'm moving. And I'm moving kind of outside of Denver, still in Colorado, but there are a few different routes to get there. So every time I go to get in the car, it's like, ooh, how do I want to get there? Like the end goal is I'm going to wind up at the same spot, but it's kind of like, what kind of drive do I want to take? And I'm in charge of that. And sometimes I need to take the fastest route, and sometimes I want to take the slower meandering route because that feels better to me in the moment. It's more honoring of, the joy and the peace that i want to feel as often as i can
2: absolutely and that's not talked about enough is in this health journey there are seasons you'll go through seasons where you're kind of pushing more versus resting more and allowing more repair and you know you you go through seasons through the journey it's not all one steady pace Just like progress is never a linear, like a straight line, you know, like there's all these ups and downs on the way, but then when you pull back, you see the progress really is on a diagonal.
0: And it's so natural. I think, unfortunately natural for us to fight that, to fight allowing the process to feel lighter
2: it's supposed to be fun. It really is. But a lot of times we make it not fun and we just, we do it to ourselves because we're like, I want it now. You know, what's wrong with
0: me that I don't have it now? Like what's wrong with me? Something's wrong with me. I can compare to somebody else that, you know, can eat pizza and still drop 20 pounds. You know, like, like, I think there's a lot of accepting who you are and your journey. And that it doesn't have to be like anybody else's and that that's okay. In fact, that's exactly right. (laughs) (laughs) Why the hell would your journey be somebody else's?
2: Yeah.
0: But when we're comparing, that really is the epitome
2: of resistance.
0: Say more about that. Because
2: when we're in resistant thought... We're not allowing our cells to be a cooperative component to our optimal self into this health journey. Our cells, our body knows how to repair itself if we'll just get out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, you know, it's like trying to have a Zoom call on with bad Wi-Fi you know, like you can do it. You can do it. You can like turn the video off and still have some audio and you can hear each other here and there. But man, it sure is easier to have a quality Zoom session when you've got that good Wi-Fi. And it's the same way with the health journey. A lot of people are just focused on nutrition and working out when if they would just understand that that missing link is to remove the resistance from it in the, in their mindset. And then it allows the cells to really be this cooperative component with them. Mm -hmm. It just makes the process smoother.
0: And we get to have smoother. We do. That's available. Life is so bumpy and rocky (laughs) on its own that if we can smooth it out for ourselves in any way, I, I am all about this. Yeah, (laughs) totally. We're clogging our own pipes. (laughs) Let's declog, you know. I think when I was carrying around an extra 50 pounds, and I certainly felt weighed down by 10 times that, I think everything about taking care of myself felt like some kind of punishment. Oh. And it wasn't until after I sort of punished myself through that I started realizing, no, taking care of myself is a gift. This is not a punishment. Right. I get
2: to, I don't have to, we hear a lot of people say like, you know, I, I, I gotta go to the gym or, Oh, I gotta, I gotta meal prep today.
0: Like it's a slog, (laughs) like it's just a miserable slog to get through.
2: Yeah. It's like what about I get to cuz man like once you get in that flow and then say like heaven forbid like you sustain an injury or something like it can feel really challenging to not be able to go to the gym any, anymore and then it's like oh man like I kind of took this for granted. I kept saying like I have to go to the gym. Man, I want to go to the gym. It's like I I, I get to move my body today how am I going to choose to do it? That's a, that's an exciting, fun thing to be able to have the gift. It's a blessing
0: to be able. That's mega mindset. I mean, that's gratitude mindset. That's deciding to move through life embracing instead of fighting. Yes. And
2: Yeah, just acting as if it's truly a joyful practice to get to engage in.
0: Yeah, and that doesn't mean it's not hard sometimes. Totally, because whenever we start something
2: new, there's always a learning curve. Anything new feels challenging. And especially to sustain, that's why I really encourage small baby steps. Because with those small baby steps, get some consistency going with those little things. And then maybe we can add on once those little things start to feel easier. But there's so many people try to just jump over the canyon.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think our American culture values patience. with ourselves or each other. So I think that creates so much expectation. It's like, I've gone to the gym three times this week. Why haven't I dropped 45 pounds? Like instead of, wow, I feel better. I slept better. I took better care of myself. My inner child saw me go to the gym and take care and grow and do something challenging. And I I went to the gym and used some weights and did some things I've never done before. Wow. Go me. I did something out of my comfort zone. I so wish our elementary school educations taught us how to be the cheerleader of ourselves more.
2: Oh gosh.
0: Yes. So maybe that's part of what this is that, that to, to be on this physical health journey, maybe that's a Overly simplified way to say it. It's like we're also learning how to become our own cheerleaders instead of our own shamers. Oof. Yep. That's really, really it. So talk to me about environment. What is it about our environments that affect our mental and our physical health?
2: Yeah. Environment is so, so important um, on this journey. And it doesn't mean you can't be successful if you have a challenging environment, but it sure does make things go a lot smoother when you've got a supportive network around. Now, stress plays a really big role in your health journey. And the higher your cortisol levels are, which is... Involved in stress and sleep. So if you're getting low qualities of sleep and you've got high stress levels around all the time, then the body is going to have a more challenging time releasing that which no longer serves it. Again, state of resistance. It's just a different form. So when we're when we're we have got high stress levels and we're not getting quality sleep. Sleep is when our bodies have the ultimate opportunity to rest, repair, and rejuvenate. That is our rejuvenation time.
0: Well, I think what's clicking for me as you go through that is that this is so biological in us. Like In modern society, We have these modern problems, but we have enough to eat. We have way too much to eat, really, and too much bad stuff to eat. So, historically, for the human condition, if we were under sleeping and highly stressed constantly, it probably meant something like famine. And so, our bodies went, Oh, shit's bad right now. We better hold on to some weight so that you don't starve to death. And wow, does that bite us in the ass in this modern (laughs) way of being where? We might have lack in some other areas, but we have this ridiculous overabundance of crappy food for us to eat.
2: Yes. Quick grab in times of stress.
0: So if we don't understand that, oh, it makes me so sad for people that are trying so hard to change something in this realm, but not realizing this mental, emotional, physical piece of the stress response, because how I'm trying to think of the right word, devastating sounds like a big word, but yeah, I think it's devastating to put effort and not have your effort pay off and not understand why. And we're talking about the why right now in this moment.
2: Yes. Yes. And people are walking around feeling like a failure when they're technically doing all the right things. They might really be doing the right things in regard to their nutrition, their movement. They're keeping up with their hydration and they're just living in a state of constant stress. And when your body's in a constant state of fight or flight, it's not going to respond in the way that you want it to.
0: I think there's identity too. I I think a lot of people identify as a stressed out person. Mm. I think we all know those people that anytime you connect with them, it's like, Hey, how are you doing? They connect through their stress. And of course it's human. But if your identity gets wrapped up in being a stressed out person and you want to tackle physical health, letting go of this identity as a stressed person becomes part of it, huh?
2: Yes, it sure does. This is where, this is where that goal setting comes back into play, where right. we really want to drop into. What does our future self not only look like but act and feel like and start dropping into that new identity and then making decisions according to the future self, not the current self because the current self is just a physical manifestation of all the past decisions. If we want to change what the future self look, acts, and feels like then our current self needs to make decisions according to that future self-identity.
0: Yes, what an anchor to ground yourself in the life you really want, the way that you want to feel. Yes. To keep coming back to that day in and day out. There's also letting go of the identity of being a bigger person. When When I've worked with people and they've lost weight, one of the things across the board, if they've struggled with that since they were middle school age, what they've cried saying to me, Nikki, I just, I thought I was a big girl. Even my mother would say to me, Oh, baby, you're just, you're just a bigger girl. We're bigger girls. And to watch someone having to sit through, Oh my gosh, I'm not that. Uh-uh, I'm just a girl. This, this bigness was just something I carried. It, it's not who I am. It is not who I am. And watch them disconnect from that identity. And and we think on paper that should be, oh, great, awesome. But it's a little, it's a weird process to to identify with something and then all of a sudden go, oh my gosh, I'm not that. And I don't want to identify as that. That hasn't helped me on this journey. So now what do I identify as?
2: That resonates so hard for me. Yes. I mean, that was me. That was me. Absolutely. I was I was big my whole life and was not was told to not go to ballet school because of my size mm. always picked last because I was slow you know I mean all of that yes that was challenging for me to lean into creating a new identity and what really helped me to do that was creating a, a empowering name for my future self.
0: Ooh. Do you want to keep this private so, or share it?
2: <laughs> no, I'm happy to share it. I'm happy okay. to share it. So um, my name that I named myself was Winning Warrior. Ooh, I like it. And so, you know, anytime I felt challenged with a decision on my journey, I would just ask myself, well, what would Winning Warrior do? <laughs> like you know like mm-hmm. it's silly but it it really really helped me because it's almost like I was able to externalize and create even though I was internalizing this new identity I just naming her something inspiring helped me to follow through
1: and because it
2: connects like,
0: with that yeah it's it's not like what would Crystal do because Crystal's me right now, you know. <laughs> well, right. Like, so I think having that kind of vision and, and anchor and connection with your future self, it snaps us out of that old mindset, which is just an old pattern that developed for you know a billion trillion reasons that you know we reinforce, society reinforced, our parents accidentally reinforced. And so I think that gives a strong mental detour from our own patterned thinking to to actually be able to detour from there to get to the new thinking that we're trying to create the new pattern to replace that old pattern with. Yes. It also allowed me to
2: create more self-compassion when I chose things in the moment that old crystal would do. And I just be like, you know, Hey, it it's okay. This is what crystal has done for years and years and years. This is the neural pathway that has been solidified for so long. And we're still working on the rewiring. It's okay. Like we're working on creating the winning warrior wiring in our brains. And it's okay that you followed that crystal neural pathway this time. We, We have another opportunity. The same thing is going to come up again. It might look different,
0: but, you know, the same choices keep repeating themselves. So that's some radical acceptance because it's a little crazy that we all sort of expect ourselves to practice something two or three times and not have that old pattern come up. So many people say to me in sessions, Nikki, I can't believe we're talking about this again, no matter what it is. And I'm like, oh, I can, because we've been in that pattern umpteen billion times. So yeah, if we need to talk about it 10 times, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Your subconscious <laughs> will get it eventually, but of course you're going to think it this way. You've thought it this way for years, decades, maybe a lifetime. So if you can radically accept that, you don't feel like you're failing when that happens.
1: Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about pivotal moments in history? If so, then try my new podcast, Calm History. It's a time machine of tranquility, filled with immersive and fascinating stories from history. Prior episodes include The Pilgrims, Marco Polo, Henry Ford, Joan of Arc, Jackie Robinson, Klondike Gold Rush, Ancient Greek Olympics, Easter Island, and the Great Pyramid of Giza. There's also a six-part series about the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to calmhistory.com.
2: Absolutely. And it's like, you know, imagine you are driving to work, you drive to work the same way every single time. Right. And so one morning you get to your light and, oh, there's some construction there. And you're like, oh, oh, okay. I need to go a new way. Okay. Well, the next morning, what do you do? You're on autopilot. You hit the Mm -hmm. construction again. And you go around, how many times do you hit the construction before you just remember to go around?
0: Well, and what we say to ourselves in that moment is how stupid, right? Like I'm so stupid that I did that again. I should know better. That's the way that we, we grow up processing that instead of, oh, of course I have a subconscious and it automatically drove me here. And being able to chuckle with lightness Yes, and, and just read the
2: awareness. That's the awareness piece, like the dropping into presence, dropping into compassion. There, there's so much power just in that. Even if you still hit the construction, the shift in mindset and the understanding—that's progress in itself. Progress, yep. not perfection.
0: Mm-hmm. All <laughs> right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you my little um, language for myself. I don't have a name. For myself that grounds me in eating healthy and treating my body right, but it, in kind of everything that I do, I'm highly aware of the spiritual self versus the human self and and I find that when I listen to spiritual teachers, I feel like they miss the human element a lot, and if I'm with human psychology types, they miss the spirituality part and, and I, to me it's so glaringly obvious that we have to be able to process both sides of ourselves. And one side isn't better or right or smarter or more highly evolved than the other. It's just working with both these sides. So I grew up in Louisiana. So I grew up on soul food. Oh yeah. Thank, thank God <laughs> the, the blessing. So in my own mind, when I'm deciding, okay, do I go with something like healthy and like good for me and sort of like on that list what I'm thinking is what needs to be fed in me right now, because sometimes it's, I want to fuel this body with the best gasoline I can put into it. And other times it's, I don't care about that at all. And I need to feed my soul. And I that's my little negotiation with myself. Cause I, I think every day with, with food and exercise and movement, it's a constant negotiation. It's never not going to be. So we have to find some ways to make peace with the constancy of that, and I, I think that's a big part of why Americans are so overweight and, o- and obese. Because we don't want to have to think about it. We're over busy. We're over stressed. We don't. We resent having to think about it, and that's why so many people just drive through fast food. They don't want to spend the energy thinking about it. So I think a lot of people have to make peace, maybe with their inner adolescent part to address their physical health, to go, Hey, guess what? I know that you don't want to think about it. You got a lot of other things to think about, but if we actually put some energy and thought into this, we could actually wind up with more energy and more peace, more spaciousness in our mental process. Yeah.
2: It's the time investment, being willing to invest that resource of thinking ahead and planning ahead because you know we've got three resources in life we've got time energy and money mm-hmm. the only one that's not renewable
0: is time you cannot get can any more rep- no. we
2: can replenish our money we can we can always make more money and we can sleep and rejuvenate and recharge our batteries but that time piece That's, that's a big investment. And so that's, it's that quick, that quick drive through versus let me set aside the time to figure out a meal plan for this week or to get some groceries and go ahead and make up some proteins and some veggies. So I've got them ready to go in the fridge. That way, when I am in a hurry, I can just throw them in a paper bowl and throw them in the microwave. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's just getting ahead of it. Instead of not because really it takes the same amount of time to heat something up maybe even less time because a lot, there's a lot of Uber eats going on, you know, and like all of that, that takes even longer. You got to figure out what you're going to order and then you got to wait an hour for it to show up. And that's a whole lot of money investment. Overly priced.
0: Yeah. I remember seeing a year or two ago, it was mid-COVID, I think, where fast food started delivering and hitting those. And I was like, oh, this is not good for humanity. <laughs> like, this, is, this did not need to happen. Yes. As
2: if we needed Burger King delivered.
0: Uh-huh. I also think, I-, I wish there was a way for people to be able to know this beforehand, but I don't think there is. I think you have to just walk through it and kind of get there. But we're, we haven't used this word yet, but what happens over time is you change your lifestyle. And not because you feel forced, like I must, or I have to, it's that I get to. And once you're there having changed it at that point, it really is so much easier. Oh,
2: do you, do you gosh. Yes. In it?
0: I mean, what the first thing that came
2: up for me when you said that really was my process of quitting smoking
0: cigarette. Ah, okay. Talk about that. And like, I mean, it felt hard.
2: It was hard in the beginning. And now it just is like, it just, it's, it, it's so much easier. I mean, I don't have to go to the store a million times when I'm out of cigarettes and you know, like that was an extra errand like every day.
0: Yeah. Just lighting your money on fire as you slowly damage yourself. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's like not a lot of payoff for that, that moment of smoking. So and what was like your relationship style. with cigarettes? Cause I, I was a smoker when I was working in bars to get through school and it was fairly easy for me to quit. I have to say, but I was never a big smoker and I am blessed with not a very addictive. I'm a sensation seeker, but I don't have a lot of addiction. I mean, I think that was divine. I think had I had a lot of natural, like addictive personality quality, I might not be sitting here today, mm. but I think that's part of the story too. Like with cigarettes, all you hear anybody say is it's so hard and I crave it forever. Oof. That like, I that's the quitting cigarettes <laughs> story. Right. And <laughs> I, so I don't love hearing you so. say that, like, it's easy now. <laughs> Cause it's easy for me. I, I never crave yeah. a cigarette. I never want it. I feel like I have so much time back Like it was just like a time suck too,
2: because in between every activity or productivity thing, I always took a cigarette break. (laughs) And I think that was part of maybe some sort of like procrastination tactic or like there was a little bit of like anxiety baked in there where it's like, Ooh, I need to like pause time a little bit before I go on to the next thing. Um, my, if smoke, I want a break, I just go outside.
0: I just take, I just, my yes. smoking story was <laughs> I deserve it. I deserve Ooh. to take this break. Like this is how I disconnect from work or studying. I deserve this, which is a very dangerous, toxic message. Yes. I deserve this poison. Ew. It's so gross. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's mindset work. like like changing that. No, I actually deserve to breathe really well. (laughs) I actually deserve to be more intentional with that money and that investment.
2: And I had attempted to quit smoking plenty of times before, just like I had attempted to lose weight plenty of times before. And I actually did both at the same time. And and honestly, like I was, I I did slip into a little bit of fear-based mindset of, oh gosh, I've already lost this much weight. I'm afraid if I tackle quitting smoking now, I'm going to go backwards with my weight.
0: Well, that's the story too, right? You quit smoking and gain 20 pounds. Like that is just the story. Like I have heard that slip out of so many people's mouths and you (laughs) see it happen. Then you're like, oh, you cast that spell, you gain that weight. Yep. Absolutely. We believe it
2: is understandable because there is something to do with like the oral fixation of like wanting to put something to your mouth.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, But I really believe that I had solidified the the better eating to the point, like I, I was already, I already had such a momentum built up with my new identity of winning warrior. This is how she acts that it, it felt like the right time to roll into quitting smoking. And I already had so much momentum with, you know, this is, this is what I eat. This is when I go to the gym, this is what I do, you know? So all of that was already, I had a nice foundation before I decided to hop
0: into that. Hearing you say momentum sounds like such a powerful word to me because it, Mm -hmm. it, what you just said goes against conventional wisdom most people would say, well, you're already doing something that's really hard. (laughs) Like, don't, don't throw that on top and pile on. And we're comfortable with that, right? The ego who doesn't like change is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's eat that shit up. Yeah. Don't, don't make this any harder (laughs) instead of maybe the best time to change is when you're changing and just kind of go for it. Oof. Yes. Yes. Because
2: in the beginning, you know, it, yes, it feels challenging. You know, it's like that learning curve, but once you've got some consistency built up, you're like, you're rolling on momentum. Like you're just going, you're flowing.
0: (laughs) And that's part of what I think people don't realize they're trying to break when they're tackling their physical health. You're also breaking the momentum of the negativity, the momentum of the funk that comes from putting frankly, bad fuel into your system so consistently that that's what it's operating on.
2: Totally. It's like, you know, trying to push a car that's been in park forever versus like, you know, it's already in neutral and it's like easier to push.
0: So we're kind of talking about, and maybe people can gather this from hearing our passion about this, but we're really talking about falling in love with the process. Falling in love
2: with the process instead of being focused on what we're not yet, being focused on who we're becoming and enjoying that process, being grateful in the now while being in an excited anticipation for the future. Both are possible simultaneously.
0: And tackling mental health with physical health really isn't doing two things at the same time. Like, it's not doubling your work. I think it's actually, in an interesting way, like halving it because you're really supporting yourself mentally and physically, which means you're increasing the betterment of both at the same time, which is energizing. It's exciting you're really setting yourself up for success. So I think that starts to beget that momentum you're talking of because you're sort of hitting it at at two ends, basically. Totally. It's like they're, they're catalysts for one another to become this like
2: cooperative force in the health journey.
0: So what do you want people to know who might be interested in reaching out and working with you? I am currently full. Nobody new can book with me right now you are open for new bookings. What makes a client a good fit for you? A
2: client who is a good fit for me is open or is able to at least acknowledge that they're feeling resistance and wanting to show up for guidance in order to release that resistance and start getting into the flow.
0: Oh, that's good to know. So you are open to people showing up to you who aren't just like gung-ho, like ready to do it. If people are having resistance, they can show up with that resistance, having a willingness to look at that resistance, to see what its texture is, what its size is, where it comes from, what we might do with it, how we might morph it or change it. So you can be really resistant and show up anyway. Absolutely.
2: Because I think we are conditioned for resistance. (laughs) And until, Mm -hmm. you know, most of us have not had a model or a mentor to show us what a release of resistance can even look like. So it's challenging to show up without resistance. Like I, yeah, I, I definitely had resistance when I first started my journey as well. So it's, it's
0: it's normal and natural. It's human to have resistance. I also think it's, it's healthy to have a little more resistance than we realize too, because we really shouldn't just like, really like hearing Crystal and I talk. I don't want anybody to throw their own discernment out the window and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have it all figured out. I'll just listen to them. It's a collaboration of of working with a therapist or a coach or a mentor, a mental health professional. You get to test out. You get to be curious, like, huh, all right, what they're saying seems good. Let me kind of marinate in this and see if I might like this, see if it works for my way of being, for what I might want out of this life. It's not about tossing your own self out the window and kind of saddling up to somebody else's way of being, it's really collaborating with that person to kind of grow into who you were sort of always meant to be anyway.
2: Yes. Collaborating to find your own flow. There's not one prescription for a health journey. (laughs) You know, it's, hey, I'm showing up to this stream of wellness and I'm willing to put my boat in and I'm willing to crawl in and just start flowing with the stream. And I don't know, I don't know how to do that. So help me to drop my oars. Cause I think we're just so used to like paddling upstream and thinking that is the way.
0: Yeah. The river's gonna bring us somewhere. And and I think that's where the goals kind of thwart us too. like, we might have a goal, but I think when we're really working with the journey, yeah, we might hit that goal or we might hit a more spectacular goal. We might surprise ourselves. We, we, that river, if we let go of trying to swim upstream might land us in the most beautiful little fairy forest (laughs) (laughs) that we couldn't have imagined until we got there. Yes. I think that's why I love this work so much because I I get to witness people developing in ways that even they couldn't imagine and watching them. Oh, it's going to make me cry. Watching them pleased with themselves in that way of like, look where I got to. And I didn't even really intend it. Mm. It's such an embodiment of allowing the universe to work with you instead of fighting that stream up to go upstream it's some of the most beautiful moments I've been able to witness. I'm so grateful for that humanity.
2: Gosh. Yes. I am so grateful as well. Like it's just, it's a beautiful thing to witness someone realizing their power again and truly like stepping into it and claiming it. It's big.
0: Thank you so much for doing this episode. We will have you on again soon.
2: I am so looking forward to it. Thank you so much. This has been so fun.
0: You're so welcome. Light and love. And I will see you next time. To book with Crystal now, go to emotionalbadass.com backslash coaching. Next Wednesday, August 24th, we'll be doing a special bonus live stream on our Patreon With me and Crystal. It'll be at the $5 level and we'll be going live at 5 p.m. Mountain Time and talking about Food is Mood. This is a great opportunity to get to know Crystal just a little bit more, be able to interact with her, ask some questions. We both hope to see you there next Wednesday, 824. Light and love. I'm an emotional badass. You are an emotional badass, and together we are where Moxie meets mindful. Bye-bye.
1: dot com.